Hey, how are you? Uh, my name is Benji and I'm so grateful and excited to be a part of ENC's Kaufman Initiative Series this year. Uh, you don't know me, but uh, my name is Benji. Like I said, I went to Gordon College, which is, uh, I feel like we're neighbors, right? I feel like we're, we're family, somehow estranged. Uh, but I'm so excited to be sharing and, and hopefully we could do this again in the future. If you have your Bibles, uh, I'm looking at Luke chapter 9, verses 18 to 20. Luke 9, 18 to 20, and I'm reading out of the NIV version. Bible says, once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. I'd love to spend the next uh, 10 to 15 or so, listen, you can't give... Uh, someone only 15 minutes, that's so tiny, but I'd love to spend the next 15 minutes sharing from the concept, sharing from the idea, who do you say I am? Let's pray. God, be here with us in this moment. Amen. We, we pick up the story in Luke and Luke tells that Jesus is gathered with his disciples, his, his homeboys, his, his people, his crew, and asks them, who do you say I am? And I think this is important because Jesus helps us to realize that what we say and what we think about Jesus matters. That the way we see and speak about Jesus has practical implications for our lives. Is he the man who flips tables or is he the silent suffering servant? Is he the friend of sinners, the people who don't belong, the people who've been cast aside? Or is he just a good man who did no wrong? Did he come for the lost? Did he come for those who have been abandoned? Or did he come to redirect those who already believed? See a man that says, come as you are, or the man that says, go and sin no more. Who do you say that I am? In 2010, a pastor in Seattle, Washington, Pastor Judah Smith started a campaign at his church and, and they pretty much wanted to ask the city, the church community, that question, who is Jesus to you? And so this became a national kind of movement of Jesus is blank. They set up posters, they set up signage, um, and, and even a website, and different people would send in their responses, filling in Jesus is blank. And I think the interesting thing is some of the answers. Uh, for some, Jesus is this man of steel. Jesus is worth checking out. Jesus is my favorite. Jesus is relevant. Jesus is my certainty. And yet there were also answers like Jesus is a crutch for the weak. Jesus is an invisible sky fairy. Jesus is hard 
to believe and, and lastly, Jesus is to blame. Now I bring that up not to draw sympathy or say, whoa, Christians, we are the most persecuted group, but to actually say as someone who thinks they've experienced the love of Jesus, who thinks they know the freedom, the kindness and goodness of Jesus, it's sad how easily we can misrepresent Jesus. And I'm not saying I've mastered Jesus. I'm not saying I have a PhD in all things Jesus, but I am saying he's more than just the theoretical concept for me, right? That Jesus has actually changed my life. And when poor caricatures of Jesus run rampant, people don't get to see and know who Jesus actually is. Now we have to be clear, people misinterpreting Jesus isn't new. This has happened throughout history as we've abused Jesus to be this conquering king that has given us permission to ransack nations and villages, kill families and, and abuse the Bible. We've seen it in church history where even Martin Luther had come to, to push against the church for its abuses and in disconnecting from Jesus. We don't even have to go back too far to see the Capitol riots that happened just a couple months ago where we saw this, this conflation, this coming together of nationalism and Christianity, right? Where, where wild attacks on the Capitol brought people from around the nation carrying weapons and crosses, signs promoting anarchy and that Jesus saves from sin. Who do you say I am? And I think misinterpreting Jesus is, is in this story as well. Jesus asks this question and the crowds call him, well, John the Baptist or another prophet or, or you're Elijah, come back. You're just another powerful teacher. And I think it's interesting because the crowds would have seen the miracles they would have heard the teachings in the synagogue. They would have seen and heard, known what Jesus was up to, and yet they misinterpreted Jesus. And I need you to catch this because you could spend all your time doing Bible study. You could spend all your time uh, listening to the podcast, binging on sermons, and yet not know Jesus. Who do you say I am? And I think Jesus asks us this question, not as an ego check for him, but because if you are choosing to represent Jesus or talk about Jesus, you actually have to start and listen to what he said about himself. Who do you say I am? I'm, I'm beginning to think that question isn't enough. And, and maybe the actual question, maybe the better question is who does Jesus say he is? We, we picked up this text in Luke chapter nine, but just a couple chapters earlier, Luke chapter four, Luke tells us this story of Jesus walking into the synagogue, taking a scroll in front of all of the people. And, and, and this is what he says. Unrolling it, Jesus found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year 
of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And in the best mic drop moment ever, Jesus says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus speaks to this crowd wanting to know who he is and, and, and Jesus's response is, who am I? Well, I've, I've come to proclaim good news to the poor and not just those who are spiritually poor, but to also to the woman who only had two coins and gave all that she had. Who am I? I'm, I'm here to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and not just those who are in a spiritual prison to sin, but also the man who died next to me, to my right and to my left on the cross. Who am I? I came to recover sight to the blind. And, and that's not just spiritual blindness. It's also for blind Bartimaeus, a man who deeply really just wanted to see who am I? I came to set the oppressed free. And I know we like to think it's solely spiritual oppression that we're being bound in. But Jesus is actually saying he's come to give actual freedom for those who are oppressed. Actual freedom for the unseen, actual freedom for the overlooked, actual freedom for the racially marginalized, all those who have been forgotten. And he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, to be clear, right, the way we understand slavery, the way we understand racial and social justice is different than they would have understood it in the ancient Near East. And yet, both the primitive and our modern understanding of slavery and any injustice was rooted in power dynamics. It was rooted in oppression and it was rooted in this inability to see the image of God in the other, our neighbor. And Jesus literally says, this is why he came, to set that, those who are oppressed, free. And hear me, this is important because we're seeing a rise in individuals who say Jesus does not care about justice. A growing number of people who think racial justice is a perversion of biblical justice. A growing number of people who refuse to engage in conversations on race injustice because of their belief in their Jesus. A growing number of people who think Jesus' only mission was to get us to heaven and, and not have concerns about our life here and now. Friends, Jesus cares about justice. We, we read it right in Luke 4, but, but also if you wanted to know who this Jesus is, read about him in Luke and Acts. This is the God of justice. He is the friend of sinners. He is the advocate for women, the friend of tax collectors, the blind, the outcast, the marginalized, the forgotten, and everything else in between. Even John the Baptist, the precursor to Jesus, steps on the scene and in Luke 3, in teaching people, says anyone who has two shirts or food should share with the one who has none. To the tax collectors, don't collect any more than you're required to. To the soldiers, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. If we think Jesus doesn't care about justice, we are sadly mistaken. Who do you say that I am? 
Friends, this matters because the good news of Jesus is not just about going to heaven, but about having relationship with God in our neighbor here and now. This matters because Jesus is good news and hope for men and women of color all across the globe. This matters because there's a world full of people that need to understand that in their quest for justice, God is and can and wants to meet them there. This matters because in the words of Grant Skeldon, the most cause-oriented generation is becoming increasingly disconnected from the most cause-oriented organization, the church. And this matters because just a few days ago, six Asian women were murdered in Atlanta as a result of racial injustice. And if your faith has nothing but platitudes and cliches or an Instagram post to address racism, injustice, and many other problems that we see today, if there is no call to action, if there is no movement to stand with the poor, to fight for freedom for the prisoners, to help those without sight see, and to be like Jesus and set the oppressed free, then maybe you don't know Jesus. And, and I know that's hard and, and I wanna be invited back, uh, but, but I think it's the truth that as we represent Jesus, we can, like the crowd, misrepresent him and ultimately not know him in the process. You might not know Jesus. You might not know the depths of his love and the depths of his care and the depths of his heart for justice. But maybe even now, right in this video, this can be an invitation for you. An opportunity to re-examine this question that Jesus has left us with. Who do you say that I am? Thank you.